Hey, uh, I know the holidays were just just behind us. Uh, we just passed them, right? Um, and uh, man, cautionary tale I got for you guys uh, regarding some gift purchasing. I bought my blind friend a cheese grater for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mm-hmm. follow so far? I'm with you. Um yeah, it's embarrassing. He said it was the most violent book he's ever read. Ay, ay, ay. Boys and girls to another book. of Halloween is forever. I'm Brian. <laughs> I'm Steve. That was an all right one. That was okay. He thought he's blind. He thought it was a. He thought it was a book, but it was sharp and had little points and yeah. stuff that hurt his hands. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was a Helen Keller joke that I turned into it was my friend right. on account of it didn't make sense otherwise. Guys, it's pertinent, so at least give me that. Uh, we are talking about a movie tonight, uh, a punishment episode. Here we are, guys. Um, we are talking about uh, a movie from 2015 um, that is called uh, uh, Helen Keller versus night wolves i know we're going to talk about it we usually don't talk a ton about the movie at the top of the show but i gotta say i never even heard of this goddamn movie oh yeah before before it was suggested it is just completely flown under the radar for me uh is this something you you were familiar with it's not, it seems like you were you were uh familiar with at least to some degree yeah so i had seen it before and like i've actually mm-hmm. followed this uh this writer director's career as short, oh, really? as short as it is, and like I, mm-hmm. I, we'll probably talk more about it again once we get into the episode. But it's just, it's he took a very interesting traje- trajectory in his career. Mm. But I, I was just doing a little IMDb digging, and I could tell that. Yeah, yeah. but I, uh, I had actually seen some of his other films first, um, back in like 2012, 2013. I'd seen some of his other films first, and then yeah, you know, this one came out 2015, so. Yeah. 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 It was a uh, I didn't know what to ex- I mean, you kind of know, at least to a certain extent, what to expect when you see a title like that. Mm-hmm. But but I, I don't think I expected it to the degree that it that it came at me. So we'll, we'll talk about what that means here in a second, guys. By the way, um, this was a punishment episode from last week. So spoiler alert on this. If you didn't listen to the showdown, which I think ended up getting chopped up into three three window three three little kind of mini sods uh because it was uh it, it was a long one but also um well i'll explain what happened here in a second uh spoiler alert our guest won again which is once again fucked up uh steve and i since we switched formats and it's me and steve versus the guest uh we've been doing real shitty uh, we've been doing real bad. Mm-hmm. We really got to iron some kinks out, figure out what's going on here. Cause the guests are coming on and, and, and swapping the, swapping the deck with us. Um, Sarah Elizabeth Jackson, uh, who's, uh, at reanimated nerd on, on the social medias. She was our guest, uh, last week. Also, if you listen to the, to the, uh, uh, to the episode. And like I said, Steve, Steve broke it up into three, three different little chunks there for you and released them one at a time. 
Um, you might notice that we we lose Sarah at one point during, yeah. the, during the episode, <laughs> like the whole first part and through the second movie, like she's there she's talking blah, blah, blah. and then all of a sudden she's just not there. Right. And then Steve and I kind of addressed the end. At that point, we had not no idea what happened. Like we're recording here on, on the discord. We're looking at each other. Right. Uh, and talking and blah, blah, blah. And she dropped off. OK, we figured normal. Sometimes people get disconnected. That happens from time to time. Turns out she had like a it was like a power outage mm-hmm. uh, type of situation. <laughs> Very inopportune time for a power outage. Um, obviously, you know, until we could go and like check our our messages, you know, after we're done recording and stuff and, and see what's um, see what happened. Then we, we kind of understood that, that that's what happened. We were most of the way, honestly, through the episode at that point. And uh, and then ultimately, um, when it came down to voting, it kind of didn't matter because Steve and I both voted for her movie um, and 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 she ended up winning the episode. So just a little bit of explanation, because, you know, without any context, it might seem a little bit weird. But yeah, first for us, uh, uh, a power outage mid, uh, um, you know, mid recording there. But in any case, it was still a lot of fun to have Sarah on. Um, but because she won, she got to hand out some punishment. She got to deal uh, deal us dirty here. And she picked a movie, which I, I will say is dirt. You know, the way she put it is like, I just want to expose people to this, mm-hmm. which I can understand that sentiment. But that's when she she uh, she she let us know about Helen Keller versus Night Wolves from 2015. We'll get into that. In a second. We got some fucking things we got to do at the top of the show here first. Uh, first of all, as always, if you want to follow the show, if you want to suggest topics to us, if you want to suggest showdown topics. This was our Giallo January. Um, we're still in Giallo January. Um, if you want to um, uh, suggest topics to put on the spinning old wheel, which we're actually going to spin here in a dang old second, um, you can do that. You can suggest minisodes to us, any number of things. Just see some spooky shit on the Internet. Go ahead and check us out over on the social medias. We're at Halloween is forever pretty much everywhere at Hallow forever uh, on on Twitter. Um, or if you want to send us one of them fucking old fashioned emails, uh, you can do that as well. It's Halloween's forever pod at gmail.com. Guess what, Brian? What? We. What happened? We have made it to the elite of the elite. We're now on blue sky. Holy shit. You dropped just knowledge like that on me. I got a belly full of stuffed peppers. <laughs> what? I don't know what that means, Steve. Honestly, I don't even know what the fuck blue sky is. <laughs> it's another one of those platforms that cropped up after, uh, you know, after Twitter became X and it's, ah. it's, I mean, it's on like this uh, fucking invite only basis right now, and there's hardly anybody on it, but there's <laughs> sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like still some fun people on there, like Robert C. Cargill's on there. We follow him on there. So, you know, mm-hmm. we, you know, the, you can you can follow the writer of the black phone and yeah, Alex Winter's on there. You know, so wow yeah this sounds riveting i can't wait to get on it if you want to check us out, what's our name what's our what's our handle over there that's the other thing is like they're not it's not real easy to f- do the handles because it is halloween is forever wow, this you're really selling this hard for me i can't wait to get on this well it's hard to find people you like there's no one there it sucks here's, we're on. here's the thing we were on the wait list yeah. before there was threads there's a wait list for this piece yes. of shit. You had, like I said, it's, I it's invite only. So you either got invites from people who were on there, or you were on yeah. a wait list. We came up in the wait list, but we we've been okay. on that wait list before Threads. So 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, I, the, there's still like nobody on there. <laughs> yeah, it sounds. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be honest. Awful. It's not uh, great. But it, if if you are on, what's it called again? I already forgot. Blue sky. Blue check mark. Blue sky. Blue sky. Go go go! Check out Blue Sky. We're on there. Uh, we'll be that other guy. It'll just be me. And, it'll just be us and you. Yeah. Uh, so check us out over there. You can you can get all well. of my attention on Blue Sky because there's nobody else there. <laughs> Steve's just in there, just whistling. Hell yeah! Just standing there whistling in a in a big wide open room. I haven't felt like um, I've been posting the live journal, you know, since live journal. But this is what it is: just posting the live journal, or what was the other one? Just like you just. Zanga, just throwing up fucking. Oh God, I don't even know that one. Yeah. That, that's that's a new one to me. Yeah, you just throwing up garbage and just like you know, who cares? Nobody sees it. You screaming see it. into the void, yeah. hoping somebody responds back. <laughs> yeah, just look at it for yourself. Yeah. Well, listen, guys. Uh, how about let's talk about something that doesn't suck ass. <laughs> it's Patreon. Hey, Patreon.com forward slash Halloween is forever. Head on over there. We got a dang old Patreon now. A couple things you can get if you go over to the Patreon. You can subscribe at the $3 a month or $5 a month level. Hey, that $3 a month level, fuck it. That's dumb. Uh, (laughs) We got to do that $5 a month level because you get all the things you get for the $3 a month level. Plus, you can come over. Is is the Discord part of the $3 a month level? I forget. No. No. See, that's what I was going to say. You can come. Yeah, you you cheap fucks. Come over and give us $5 a month. It's two more monies. Only two more monies. Mm -hmm. Um, You can come on over and you can can watch us record in the the Discord. You can interact with us as we're recording live. Um, And you get access to our Patreon-exclusive podcast called Family is Forever, wherein Steve makes me watch all the Fast and the Furious movies, and they're shit. Just pure, oily, runny shit. Doo-doo. And then we make fun of them, basically. Yeah. And you don't have to. Here's here's the thing I will assure you of. Um, and this, if I was in your shoes, would be a big, like, I would take a lot of solace in, in this. You don't have to watch the movies. In fact, hmm. I would urge you to not watch the movies. It's funnier. Now, if there is it's something, funnier to not watch yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> and also, and then you don't want to um, harm yourself because that's what that's how the, these movies make me feel. Um, they're they're hot hot garbage, um, but the conversations are really funny, and uh, and we have a lot of fun talking about them. And if you want like an extra three hours of of our voices every month, uh, go on over there and check it out. It's a lot of fun, and we appreciate the support yes, as well. So indeed, um, we got a couple other dang things we're gonna do. Actually, you know what? Let's let's take it down a notch here. We're all fired up. We're talking about Fast and the Furious. Like I said, I got a belly full of stuffed peppers. Uh, hot, spicy <laughs> stuffed peppers, and I'm just bleh, bleh, burping and being disgusting. So let's take a quick sec and talk about beers. What what, what kind of beers are you, you sipping on tonight, Steven? Oh, boy. You said bring it down, but this is just going to bring it up because I'm... Oh, you're turning... You're, you're turn, you say turn down for what, Prime? Yeah, I am just upset. I, I've, I've, yeah. I'm bringing a buyer beware to the show. <laughs> Oh shit! Okay, so not not even in. A, I thought when you meant turned out, I thought it was like you're drinking some fucking Zoom Zoom no, juice, no, or, no. you know, yeah. Soju Steve was coming out of the Ooh. woodwork. Yeah, no, it, it's not time for Soju Steve. I don't know when he's coming back, but he'll come back. <laughs> it's, not, it's like dude love. Yeah, you, know, exactly. you don't really know when or Cactus Jack. You don't yeah. really know when he's gonna. Then he comes out and he gets a big pop and everyone goes crazy. Yeah, Triple H. I know I'm not ready for a match with you, but I know somebody who is. <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. And then you get the interview, and then and then he comes. Yeah, that's that that's so juicy. That's ours. That's our version of, of Cactus Jack. Um, well, what 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 terrible thing was has has befallen you here in in the beer department? So you'd know how I like my coffee drinks. And, you know, I mm-hmm. love like the Rebel hard coffees. And I also like those you PBR do. hard coffees when they was around. Amen, you do. So there's another one that came out recently. Duncan. Mm-hmm. Duncan been putting it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw. Well, I saw people post about it. Right. I haven't had it or anything because I'm, I'm not a, a piece of trash. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. <laughs> it don't make me no, feel bad. I, <laughs> no, I'm suggesting heavily that you 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 drink things that make you a piece of trash yeah. um no but i didn't i didn't see it you don't want to know why honestly it's not I'm, I'm not above that at all but the uh i've had the harpoon like collab back in the day mm-hmm. where they did that like variety pack, and they were all dog shit so mm-hmm. I, I i i anything duncan now i like, mm, yeah. like they've really hurt their brand equity in my eyes um not the duncan the restaurants but like anything you put duncan donuts on yeah hey. I mean, this this has wound up hurting it for me as well, because yeah, the way these were kind of sold to me in my mind, at least, was that these were going to be kind of the rebel hard coffee equivalents, but yeah. with just Duncan branding. So I got that's what I would have guessed, yeah, right? It's not, though, because they're all mm. carbonated. They're carbonated like a beer. Carbonated. No shit. And it's fucking disgusting. Yeah. I really, really, what a weird choice to carbonate them, especially when like low and no carbonation things are like all the rage right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, like the, like the seltzers, like, and all this stuff, like there's like new brands coming out every day and they're all like made to kind of, they're like alcoholic, uh, what do they call them at Starbucks? Like refreshers. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. It's just like it's just a soft drink of some sort <laughs> that might have some like green tea or caffeine in it, but then also uh, is is not carbonated. Yeah, because the kids the kids nowadays it 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 hurts it tickles their sensitive noses. It gives them, gives them the tummy them watery bads. eyes. Yeah, it gives them yeah. the tummy bads. But yeah, this is you drink ginger ale like oh, a fucking grown up. I love ginger ale. But I don't love that. Fucks. I don't know who I'm talking to, by the way, right now. I don't know. So it's carbonated. Just like old people. (laughs) I'm just yelling at a cloud right now. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, they're carbonated and the carbonation throws them off. Like it gives them that it gives them just that weird feeling that like you shouldn't be drinking carbonated coffee. Now, that little carbonic bite. It's just when you're trying to replicate the the character of something that you're used to drinking that isn't carbonated and it is it's like drinking uh, a flat beer yeah you know what i mean it's just it's gonna taste it's gonna taste weird it's like taking like and most people haven't drank truly flat beer but like it's like taking a sample you know out of uh out of the fermenter mm-hmm. you know what i mean where it truly you know if, it, if you're off gassing it truly is not carbonated it's weird and it tastes it doesn't even feel like beer yeah that much yeah so this is the inverse of that i would imagine yeah this is the inverse of that of like carbonating coffee but then like also they're just kind of gross in flavor as well like it's so weird that they had the layup format of those rebel hard Mm -hmm. coffees and the pbr hard coffees already in market i could understand Mm -hmm. if they just if they tried inventing these and they fucked it up but like you already had they were first to the party yeah (laughs) you already had a format that worked why did you try to do different and they're just you had the blueprint you thought you you thought you could do better you you, you're 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 
your naivete <laughs> and your arrogance. Yeah. I've really come back to bite you, Duncan. Who makes them for him? Do you know? Are they, I'm it's pretty like sure a, it it's still, it doesn't I'm pretty ha- sure it's still a harpoon putting these up. Is it really? Yeah. Okay. I was wondering if it was just like something that was like didn't have a brewery brand associated with it and it was just contract brewed and it was kind of under the Duncan name or or if it had a brewery associated with uh, it. American Spiked Beverages out of Boston. So maybe that's hmm. like a yeah. maybe that's a brand that Harpoon own, holds or something, but yeah, I'm sure it's some sort of it, it, it's some sort of um, uh, whatever they call their contract brewing business, whoever makes yeah. that for them. Yeah. Right. But um, the, I'll, t- I'll tell you, so, so I'm so mad about these that I took one of them and I put it in a pot and just like tried to decarb it on the stove real quick. And then mm. <laughs> and then after I like what I felt like Fucking so, Mr. Wizard over yeah, here, after I felt like I was sat- satisfactorily decarbed it, I poured it yeah. into a, a water bottle and threw that in the freezer it's better <laughs> <laughs> like it's better fucking mr mr wizard in it over here yeah <laughs> um yeah that's no good you shouldn't have to do that with your beverages no. with your store-bought beverages oh but i paid 20 bucks oh. for a fucking variety pack and i don't want it to go to waste <laughs> i know i know it's it's a it's it, that's the worst feeling is when you go buy something you buy like a 12 pack or something and you're like this fucking sucks yeah and it sits in your fridge forever and ever and ever yeah um, what are you drinking? Well, uh, yeah, let me talk about something that I actually like that I'm drinking. And this is a perennial favorite for me. This is this is a beer, you know, this this time of year, especially with the advent of this whole dry January thing Ooh. that all the kids are doing nowadays. Here's here's what I'd like to say about dry January. Uh, for pe- people who do dry January, you weren't drinking in the first place. You're right. You little you little bitches, <laughs> you little sassy little bitches. You weren't even drinking in the first place. Um, no, I, I, I'm just, I'm joking. Do your dry January for what? But I, I, it is hard, but it is admittedly hard on, uh, on small businesses on, you know, bars, restaurants, breweries, that sort of stuff. Um, and, and for, I, I don't know if it's coincidental or if it's just cause this is a, a slow time of year. So they kind of plan out, you know, their, their brand calendars and things in this capacity. I think that's probably more the case, but you don't see a lot of beers released around this time, but one brewery that always did, I swear, like always the post holiday doldrums january is is the worst month Mm -hmm. right january sucks february slightly better march still sucks but slightly better then you start to get like okay now i'm I'm, you know i I might not jump off a bridge right but the 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 brewery that is always like embraced the shittiest time of year to release beers which i really (laughs) appreciate is our very own you know craft beer pioneer here in pittsburgh east end brewing oh yeah yeah uh always been a fan of, uh, of East End. Uh, great, great people, great beers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they always do releases, whether it be like Gratitude or in this instance, uh, a little beer called Snowmelt, um, which has been around for a long dang time. It's their kind their, they call it their winter ale. Mm-hmm. I think it does come out before, you know, you could find it before the holidays. But like it's not one of these like Christmas slash winter ales that release in like late August, you know right. what I mean? Or in October. The, like they really released this like in December, I think. Um, and it's a unique beer. And it's a, it's uh, I've always struggled to describe the style or, or put a style around it because they call it a winter warmer, which is like, you know, a, a really generic old style, like not even a defined style, just like a uh, like a an old 
English specialty ale around the holidays. It's like calling something, you know, a, a grand crew or 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 I would say fest beer. A fest beer has now become like a more defined style. But winter warmer it just suggests broadly uh, some English heritage or English character, mm-hmm. a stronger, perhaps hoppier English style ale. Right. That's pretty much all winter warmer is. Um, theirs, and I don't know the exact hops they use in it, but like it feels like it's a mix of like American and and perhaps um British hops. Okay. But it's like it's this kind of like deep, slightly roasty brown ale that's like pretty aggressively hopped and sits at like seven percent ABV. Hmm. I, I have one. So I mean, not that not that they don't have a brown ale because they definitely do. Everybody knows, mm-hmm. you know, Fat Gary's brown. But I half wonder yeah. if maybe they just called that a winter warmer instead of calling it a brown ale because they already had one, you know, on in in the in Could be. repertoire. Yeah, and it and it is much hoppier. And like honestly, it, there's a good chance if I kind of recall, it's it's maybe perhaps gotten a little hoppier over the years as well because mm-hmm. like it's pretty aggressively hopped now. Like if you if you pour this out on draft somebody and handed it to them. You know, and and they called it like a black IPA or something. I don't think anybody would argue with that. Mm. Um, you know, it's pretty aggressively hopped and it's pretty elevated in ABV. It's it's seven percent. Oh, but yeah. it's just a nice beer you get. And like I said, you got a couple of them, a couple six ounce cans of it. You know, you're getting a little tuned up. Yeah, seven percent. So yeah. It's it's no joke, right? Um, and just a nice beer. I always buy a four pack or two of it every year, and and it goes pretty quick. Goes pretty quick around my house. So. Yeah. I got a. Right. I, I, I got one little note to add. You're talking about how mm-hmm. breweries aren't don't necessarily embrace January. Uh, mm-hmm. One definitely did in Cinderlands because this oh, yeah. this week they released the quadruple IPA at sixteen percent. <laughs> oh yeah, like it's just a big middle finger. Yeah. Like yeah. So, well, you know what? That's a that's pretty smart if you think about it because it's like hey, the people people are doing dry January and hey, I'm not drinking, do that stuff. Hey, do do what you got to do. But for people who are drinking in January, we're drinking. Yeah. Like we're drinking. Yeah. Like I, I saw somebody post about it, and like now it's such a hot button topic, especially in the industry. Um. There's so many people saying like, uh, uh, you know, yeah, fuck dry January, blah, blah, blah. And then other people saying like, don't tell me what to do. And all, you know, it's just, it's the internet. The right. internet happens. Yeah. But, but I do love the, the people who are like, why would we pick the worst month to not drink? <laughs> like, I, I, I get it. It's on the, like, if you're drinking so hard around the holidays that like you need a break, Maybe you were going a little too hard around the holidays. Right. And maybe that's the correction next year. Not like, let me just take one month off, not learn my lesson, wait 10 to 11 months <laughs> and start smashing it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, far be it from me to tell somebody how to live their life. Um, but I, I, I genuinely think dry January is like Valentine's Day. It was made by, instead of greeting card companies, it was made by... Uh, you know, the fucking toxic diet industry mm-hmm. and, and exercise culture, you know, super <laughs> like you got to be have a six pack or you're a piece of shit like that culture. And and, and to that, I say, go fuck yourself. Dry January. Um, all right. Uh, enough soapboxing. Enough talking about beers. Let's get into that son of a bitchin spinny ass wheel. It's that time of the month again, guys. Yeah. yeah. Where we are going to be spinning that son of a bitchin wheel. Uh, and we're going to be talking about. 
which of the three movies is is going to be our February showdown? February guys. February. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he, here's. <laughs> fucking mush mouth so here's here's what we're gonna here's what we're gonna do as steve brings up that we all explain to you how this works every damn month we got this big old spinny ass wheel that we've been tabulating topics we've been adding them on there we've been removing them we've been just tweaking this perfectly balanced spinny ass wheel uh for what she's nigh on going on three years now what we do Every month as we spin it three times, we get three potential showdown topics. These can be subgenres. They can be performers. In January, it was a giallo January. So we talked about three different giallo flicks. But when you have those three topics, we then put them on the social medias. It's a reason why you should follow us on the social medias. So you can vote. Uh, and sometimes it comes down to just a couple of votes. So you go on there, you vote on our uh, uh, on our Instagram uh, story, and and we put a poll out on Twitter as well. And you pick what of, which of those three topics you want to uh, uh, you want us to do for that month. Once we have a topic, then me, Steve, and whoever our guest is that month, we each pick a movie that's associated with that topic. So we, last month, well not last month, we're in January. This month, we all picked a Giallo movie. And then we had an episode where after we all three of us watched all three movies, we talked about the movies, we argued about the movies, and ultimately somebody, we, we voted and somebody took home that son of a bitch in championship strap for the fucking month. Me and Steve, we're starting out the, the year real weak. Don't love how it's going. We lost on our own show two months in a row now. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and and we got to get back on top. So so what topics of the three are, are going to have the potential to to, to get us back on top here. All right. So the first one, you're going to enjoy this. I, th- oh, yeah. I think it's come up on the poll before, but it didn't win. But you'll enjoy this. And okay. it's a good front runner. Stephen King adaptations. Ooh, I like that. Um, not only because I, I, I love me some Stephen King, but also I like a lot of Stephen King adaptation movies. There's a lot of, sh- there, there's a broad range. There's some great ones. There's some absolute shit ones. So I'd be excited to, to, to talk about that. Um, I just got done reading why well, I'm having deja vu. Like I already mentioned this on the show. You did. I might have. I started, oh, I did. Did I start reading, telling you about, I was reading the, the dark tower series. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm balls deep in Stephen King right yeah. now. Cause I'm, I'm reading dark, dark towers. Um, <laughs> Now that's not horror. That's more like no. a weird, you know, sci-fi shit, um, sci-fi adventure shit. But I'm I'm balls deep in Stephen King land right now, so yeah. I like that. Okay, can, what, what what's next? can we say though? Just right off the bat, if that wins, mm-hmm. Shining's off the table. Shining, I think, is off the table. And 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 I said, you know, that I told myself that a second ago, and then I started thinking, what about it? What should we do? What should yeah. we do there? Um, I think that one's probably. Okay. I think that's fine. But yeah, the shine, the shining's the only big Stephen King adaptation where everybody's like, that's a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm okay with it yeah. being on the table because, just like I feel like there's other ones I like more than that. So if I if there's other same, ones if there's same, other same. ones I like more than that, then yeah. Uh, this one's interesting just because I can't name too many films off the top of my head that fit this, but musical horror. Oh, musical horror. Okay. Yeah. Um, hmm. There is, yeah, there is, a, there is I mean, parentheses that says films with musical themes or numbers. So, okay. So I, maybe it doesn't have to be necessarily full 
a full musical. It can just be centered around music. Like, I don't know, revenge of the phantom or something like that. Yeah. Or, 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 uh, uh, Anne in the apocalypse or something like yeah. that. Like that's a full on musical. Right, right. right. But then like, um, Oh, uh, maybe a trick or treat, a trick, uh, uh, a trick or treat. Although we've already done yeah, that, yeah. But, you know, whatever the one with Steve with uh, Sammy Kerr, Rock Shows and Warrior in it, um, that, you know, that's about music. Um, uh, black, the, the it, Black Roses. not a musical. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, one, we, we, I think that one would the, probably count maybe. But yeah, but we did that one as well. So. Yeah, but musical horror. So we're talking about not necessarily musicals. Uh, although that might work as well, but we're talking about, you know, just mu- that or music theme thing. So that's quite interesting. Um, all right. What's our, what's our number three. And number three is interesting because mm-hmm. it's best novel adaptation. So it's, Oh, so it's anything that Stephen King didn't write, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, best novel adaptation is that. You know, can we get into Stephen King there, or do we have a? We just go to an agreement at the top of the show and say like, "Hey, let's not do Stephen King." So if the Stephen King thing comes back up around, we can do that, right? Because then it's like, well, I mean, we could do a Lovecraft. Like, well, actually, we've done Lovecraftian horror, haven't we? Or at least mm-hmm. it's come up on the wheel before. Mm-hmm. Um, do we? Do we do a Lovecraftian horror episode? I don't think we did a full episode, but it definitely has come up on the wheel before. Yeah. So I think that's the only we don't have any like Clive Barker. I think it's just Lovecraft and King are, are the only I think are the only ones. Yeah. Lovecraft and King are the only ones as just like, you know, characters themselves. We didn't we don't have yeah. a best of Dean Koontz. <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. We should put that on there. Um, OK. All right. So two literary ones, which which is uh, very pertinent because. I've been uh, I actually have been watching a lot of movies recently as just reading a bunch of horror books, sci fi books and mm. shit. Um, so S- Stephen King adaptations, musical horror again, mu- could be have actual musical numbers in it or it could just be about music uh, and then best novel adaptation. So a couple of similar ones in there. We'll see what people think. Keep an eye out on the social medias, on Instagram, on Twitter um, in the coming week. Uh, and we'll have those on there and, 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 and you can vote. You can help us pick which one we want to do. And then we'll tell you what the movies are in the next episode. Um, in the meantime, we got some fucking movies, uh, a big old hunk of juicy movie to talk about tonight in the form of Helen Keller versus Night Wolves from 2015. Um, so, like I said, I, this just went under the radar for me. Um, and, I, and I'm interested to hear your uh story of, of 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 your um ross patterson obsession that i'm learning about here today <laughs> yeah uh so i think it starts i believe i got this uh film off not this film but the first film i saw from him i got it off of old school netflix i think okay i'm i'm i'm, I'm on like in the mail yeah Netflix. i'm honestly having trouble remembering when i first saw this film because it's from 2012 but the first film i saw from him is called fdr american badass <laughs> so i've i feel like i've heard of that yeah one. that one um, that one is probably his best film uh it's mm-hmm. hilarious it has barry bostwick in it again uh <laughs> yeah barry bostwick as you know fdr lynn shays in it as mm-hmm. well so a lot, a lot of the people yeah. that were in Night Night Wolves were in this film. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then he also has a film from 2011 called Pole Boy Drowning Out the Fury. And okay. that it's hilarious. And it's probably one of the last things that Kevin Sorbo did before he went right wing <laughs> Christian. Like okay. insufferable sure. right wing Christian. <laughs> right, yeah. right. So he he made these two films, but he didn't direct either of those. He had he it, it okay. seemed like he had a working partner for those two films. Yeah. And the working partner worked as the director and Ross Patterson was the writer. But mm. uh that film, FDR, and this film all fall into this kind of like shared cinematic universe of the uh St. James Street James catalog of yeah. films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, and it looks like St. James, St. James, but it's St. Uh, ST as the abbreviation for St. Yeah. But then the second ST is abbreviation for Street, right. which is which really encapsulates the humor of this move of this movie, which is just like I, I, I was actually struggling to describe it because the, your first it's very jokey. Mm-hmm. But it's also wildly stupid, yeah. but in like a marginally clever stupidly stupidity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 there are gags that remind me almost of like a more crude version of like airplane, you know, where it's just like dumb plays on where like mm-hmm. like St. James Street James, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> or but then there's also just like pure dumb, just absolute pure dumb. That's like, you know. Uh, uh, blood fart lake or or freaking uh, uh, thanks killing level of stupidity too. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, and like that's kind of the way it is in the in his other two films. Um, but after this film, he goes on to make he goes on to make a film that I actually had on a punishment list, and I don't mm-hmm. I don't know that when it'll come up, you know, because we're doing this film now. But the film he yeah. went on to make uh, is called Range 15. And it's... I saw that was like seemed to be his most notable film. It's his most notable, but it's also like his worst. Um, the reason mm. why it's so notable is because he basically... He, and it happens on this film, I think. But yeah. he falls into like the... Uh, it falls into the gang with the, the Black Rifle Coffee Club guys. Okay. And I don't know who that is either. They're like a bunch of right wing veterans who started a coffee company. Like you can see, okay. you can see all that coffee in Walmart. Uh, okay. But like the, like they're just like army shitheads. They're insufferable. Yeah. Like it. <laughs> yeah. And so this movie but, is notably insufferable because they got a bunch of people to show up for a film that they're saying, oh, it's a film by veterans for veterans. But then the film is it's a zombie film that is just the most homophobic, unfunny thing that I've ever seen. Like, yeah. like it's, it's truly like just a giant piece of shit. And then all the positive reviews are just like, well, if you didn't serve, you don't get it. And I was like, nah, I get it. You're just a bunch of homophobes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a weird turn. I was not expecting that at all. And and this movie is, is really it's strange, right? You'll, you'll see like, so it's silly and it kind of, the reason it kind of works is because it, it, and it definitely touches on that. Like this movie actually didn't really strike me as homophobic. No, not this one. Um, all, 
No, but inter- but like it's interesting that you said that because in 2015 is right on the like bleeding edge of where you were probably not even gonna do gay jokes mm-hmm. because you did you know you didn't want to be viewed as as homophobic even if it came from a place of like you know like earnestly trying to be funny and not from any manner of like hateful way even if it was like i don't want to say tastefully done because this is like that that sounds a little bit dramatic but like there are there are differences and it seems like the difference between this movie and the movie that you're talking about where if you do something uh about like sexuality or race let's say or or misogyny or like sensitive social topics and you can do a joke in that vein and it can be like we're all in on the joke and it's funny because it's true or it's funny because it's something we all deal with, you know, mm-hmm. or you can do a joke about it and it's like, oh, no, you just are, don't like or are scared of that group of people. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, uh, yeah. So so this movie, although it was when I started, they started getting into like the 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 like gay jokes and all this stuff. I was like, well, which direction is this going? Mm-hmm. Because 2015, like I said, We've watched some movies from like 2012 that were like wildly homophobic and very uncomfortable in in that area. And then like we've seen other ones that were that were not. And like I didn't get that vibe from this one. There were a couple moments where I was like, "Eh, okay, like I don't know if this would fly necessarily today. Maybe it would. Um, But it all felt very good humored and it felt like everybody was kind of having fun and it wasn't necessarily at anybody's expense. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, um, but, but it's interesting to hear they go in, (laughs) in another movie later, go in another movie in a different direction. That's just like, you know, just, yeah, just unabashed homophobia. But like, like I said, it's, it's just interesting to watch this guy's career because like Mm -hmm. the first, the, the, the other movies I mentioned, like, you know, they, they have a lot of crass humor and everything. Like it's all crass, stupid humor is all of them right um it's all it's like almost edgelordy right like it's yeah but it, yeah. like the thing is like you can just watch his career going like oh he never progresses or gets better at doing yeah. this he gets worse and then after he makes range 15 in 2016 he literally just stops making movies and just goes to right wing podcast grifting like he just oh really yeah, he hasn't done anything but podcasting since so it's just like it's mm-hmm. just a curious it's a curious career to look at. <laughs> well, and you look at his picture on IMDb and listen, uh, I won't say for for a second, I won't stand here on my high horse and pretend that that I won't uh, judge a book by its cover because <laughs> I am doing that right now. If you look at the picture of him on IMDb, um, you're like, oh, yeah, that that like if you were like quick, what is have you seen these clips on like Instagram, like on social media of people playing Guess Who, the board game Guess Who yeah. and like saying hyper specific things about the characters? Like, does it look like your person has ever worked at a coffee shop? <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, hell yeah, definitely. <laughs> or like, does this person's parents pay for their college education? They're like, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because you're just judging a book by its color. Right. color kind of, I am look at a picture of Ross Patterson and go right wing social media. Like yeah. that's just, that's what he looks yeah. like. He, he looks like a cheaper version of Steven Crowder. Like 
That's <laughs> what he looks like. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, I mean, I guess he, I don't yeah. know if he was always that way or if he just kind of fell into that hanging out with uh, Kevin Sorbo, but yeah. <laughs> well, and this is why, I mean, this, 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 maybe this makes sense, but this movie, you can't find it anywhere except for for free on YouTube. It's not on Tubi, which is like, hey, maybe Tubi would eat that up. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're funny, you know what I mean? But <laughs> you get my point. Like, I, you don't, it's not streaming anywhere. Um, but you can just you can watch it for free on on YouTube. So um, that was my question is like this movie's like mild, like moderately entertaining at points. Funny. Right. But you can't find it anywhere yeah. except for on YouTube. Yeah. Like I said, I think it's part of like I, I don't know if there was like a full falling out or anything with the director he previously worked with. But again, you can find Pool Boy and FDR on Tubi. So like yeah. you can find those movies on Tubi. This this movie feels like he took all the goodwill he had built up from the past two movies and mm-hmm. rang up the gang and said, "Hey gang, we're getting back together making another movie." And then like slap this one together. And the, this one yeah. like I know it's hard to uh, imagine being you've only seen this film, but if you've seen the previous mm-hmm. two films, they're far more competent and they're far more restrained and even funnier than this one yeah like what so one of the things i was yeah restraint is not in the vocabulary of this movie not at all like this there are parts of this movie that just seems like a like a like a uh, an improv troupe with a set and costumes and stuff you know (laughs) what i mean like (laughs) yeah jokes are just completely dragged out and like it's it, at times that they should have ended. They didn't end whether because they didn't know it stopped being funny or that it mm-hmm. like they, they just needed to pad the time out because this movie's only an hour 15. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's 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 short. Yeah. But um, j- just a point about like how he doesn't really progress as a filmmaker. There's a joke in mm-hmm. Pool Boy that's really funny. It, it's a scene with a black actor and the black actor, they, it, it's obvious that they lost his uh, audio for that scene. And so he mm-hmm. just has his, him scream out his audio. Like he, he does he does the fake black voice to, to scream okay, out his yeah. audio. But then you watch this film and he does it like three or four times. And there's no yeah. there's not even black characters in this film. No. It, so that I mean, that makes more sense. And it, it apparently it must have been a callback to that. Right. But it does. It does make sense, yeah. and it's not funny in this film. No, no, it's really not. And it and it it, it just. I, I was just like when they did it. I was just like recognized the joke. Didn't it wasn't necessarily funny, and it wasn't. It was like it was like, a, uh, not funny because it was like offensive or something. It was just like it wasn't really funny. But now it actually makes a little bit more sense knowing that at least it's a callback to something else that like a, a fan of his other movies would have been like, oh, okay, yeah, I remember right. That. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, it, it's still um, it, even for somebody who's seen the movies, it's like, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we get it. We get it. It's the same yeah. joke. So here's here's um, I, there's not a lot of story in this movie. Like I do want to talk about, a, you know, a handful of like funny scenes and it can like broadly talk about the plot here. But the plot, the story, like there's just not a lot here. It's just a series of jokes, right? It's just like a series of like I said, like 
the scenes act as just like setups for for like I said, what, what feels like at times like improvised comedy. And I have no doubt in my mind quite a few of the bits are improvised. Um, but let's go through the cast because it actually is really impressive. The number of people who are in this movie that are recognizable. Like you said, you get Ross Patterson at the beginning uh, with, with what is a, a relatively funny character. Like I said, it's it's uh, St. James Street James, which is I, I, I thought that was a funny, funny bit. Um, he's kind of like a uh, cross between like the only thing that kind of started rubbing me the wrong way. If he would have been on screen for half the time, I probably would have liked it mm-hmm. more. But after a while, it started to get real Ron Burgundy. Dude. Yeah. And I was just like, all right, bud, we get it. You didn't make this character up. Like it was it was like a cross between um, like he almost was Space Ghost, (laughs) like from Space Ghost, (laughs) Coast to Coast meets meets Ron Burgundy meets like uh, uh, what's the freaking captain guy's name from C-Lab 2021? Oh, Uh, Murphy. uh, Captain Murphy. (laughs) Murphy. Yeah. He's like Captain Murphy meets Space Ghost uh meets ron burgundy and it's just it, it gets a little bit old he's got like an eye patch on and you know so anyway he so he plays him but a lot of recognizable people the, the frankly one of the only people that were just completely unrecognizable to me that i never saw before and i at first i thought i did but then i was i think i was confusing her with somebody else is jesse wiseman who she plays helen keller yeah. in the movie um that's just his wife she's Okay, I was going to say, what's the relation there, right? Because she she's not in anything else but his movies as as like old Helen Keller, who's the 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 wraparound kind of, if you will, that that's like telling the story to her uh, um, to her grandkids, grandchildren, I guess. Yeah, Um, you have uh, very recognizable. You have Lynn Shay, like horror fans will definitely know her from from Insidious and I think all the damn Insidious movies. But she she's in there's something about Mary dead end like she's she's in a ton of stuff. She immediately recognizable, mm-hmm. right? Um, you have, uh, well, as you mentioned, Barry Boswick, which you said he's in some of his other movies, too, right? Yeah, he's he's FDR and, you know, FDR American badass. I, I mean, I would watch that, right? Um, mm-hmm. He's uh so I mean, for me, he's Brad Majors from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Sure. Like, yeah. That's that's. uh yeah, that's that's one of my all time favorite movies. And he he's just in I mean, he has one hundred and eighty eight acting credits. Guy has been in just fucking everything. Um, you know, I would say for the vast majority of his career, he would kind of fall in that category of like a, a B movie actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has some like relatively high profile uh, comedy performances or supporting comedy performances in there as well. Um but uh, I, he's still out there, right? He he's, you know, he's still acting. He he was in uh, he's in a movie one two. He was in two movies last year. Uh, one is called Outlaw Johnny Black, which looks pretty bonkers. That is, um, uh, I ha- I haven't watched it all the way through, but so I haven't gotten yeah. to his part in it. That's kind of the sequel to Black Dynamite. Okay, uh, yeah, I mean that's what the that's what the uh, the poster looks like. I'm looking yep. at it now. Um, that like stylized, you know, seventies exploitation type of feel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who I really like, um, and I didn't actually, I'll be honest with you, did not know her name, uh, before I looked on here. And she is one of those people that, that you see in things. You're like, she's really, really funny. And, oh, yeah. and I just, you don't see her in stuff that much. Um, which is Alana. Is it Ubak? I, th- I would say Ubak. Yeah. 
but she's yeah, yeah she's in a so, lot of stuff but you you don't always yeah. clock her when she's in it right and and the thing that i remember from is she absolutely stole the show in the movie waiting oh yeah, um, yeah. so if you remember the movie yeah the movie waiting with ryan reynolds and they work at like a like a Fuddruckers type of restaurant. Um, and she is like the super angry, like chain smoking uh, uh, waitress. She's she is a fantastically funny um, comedic performer and really super physical, which I love. And her like physicality and waiting too is fucking fantastic. She's just unhinged. Yeah. She just plays angry unhinged so funny um i mean yeah. she has probably some of the best parts in this film as well um she she has a lot of the same best lines yeah, yeah. one of one of my favorite roles of hers though is uh she's in an episode of always sunny and in <laughs> in that episode she played i know what you're talking yeah, about in that episode she plays uh frank's hooker that winds up yeah it, she dies at the end of the episode but in the episode she has one of the funniest lines of like i think it's either dennis or mac is talking to her and she just goes shut up baby dick <laughs> I, think I think she talks to dennis i think she says it to dennis um but yeah it's uh, she could do this like really she could do i mean and she does a lot of voice work too she, i mean mm -hmm. she's been in like done some really high profile like disney uh, she's in like Coco, like she's done some really high profile voice work too. Yeah. Um, so do you and, want, oh, and she's in FDR American badass too. Right. Yeah. So, but do you mm. want to know like her, her like deep, dark secret kind of, uh, starting role, one of her very earliest roles? Yes. Guess I would please. And this blew my mind. Cause I looked her up after the always sunny episode. I was like, where is this woman from? Cause I don't remember her much. Mm -hmm. Uh, she mm -hmm. was, the assistant on Beekman's world. Oh my God. No shit. Yeah. So for those of you who are not a uh, uh, boy, you could have given me a week to guess. I wouldn't have came up with. Oh that. yeah. No, it's like, such a deep dig. So I, <laughs> I love Beekman's world. Beekman's world was the more fun, wacky, fucking zany, even jokier version of Bill Nye, the science guy. Mm -hmm. So Bill Nye's cool. I, I liked Bill Nye's show growing up. It was a little, it was a little conventional, for, you know, for for a for a '90s kid who just like wanted everything to be covered in slime and be fucking monsters. Here, here's what it is: it's you take Bill Nye the Science Guy, you combine it with Big Bad Beetleborgs, you get fucking, uh, you, you, you get Beekman's World. Um, Beekman's World's a lot of fun. Holy shit! I still can't even picture the assistant. And now I desperately want to go back. And it's I, it like, I feel like I'm going to be that meme of Leonardo, like Leonardo DiCaprio, like, you know, pointing at the screen. Um, yeah, that's wild. That's wild. I, I'm so curious to look at that now. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, she she's fantastic. Yeah. She plays Josie in like the first 26 episodes of the series. So, wow. You, you, you wow. have to look, you have to look for look the earlier. That. Yeah. You have to go back for the earlier episodes. But yeah, Beekman's world was great because it was like, a response to Mr. Wizard because Mr. Wizard was a fucking dickhead. And they're like, what if we tried it fun now? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Wizard was like so condescending. He's such a prick. Um, yeah. Yeah. Beekman's World. Did, did Beekman's World come out? Like, I imagine Beekman's World 
coming out after Bill Nye, the science guy, but that might not be right. Um, I, I'm not sure if it came out after or not, because uh, it came out in like 92. Mm. So it feels like they're maybe parallel. Um, That's really t- close. If, if you if you were like quick, when did Bill Nye come out? I would have said like 92, 93. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, Beekman's World, guys, check it out. Actually, I'm almost half scared to go check it out because it's kind of like um, sometimes you, you have these shows in your head that were like, oh, my God, that was so great. And then you go back and watch them. And you're like, no, this is hot garbage. <laughs> like I loved Big Bad Beetleborgs yeah. back in the day. And then I went and like watched a couple episodes of it. I was like, this shit's like almost unwatchable. But I but I still have a lot of nostalgia for it. But that doesn't always happen like that. Like I've, I've since went back and watched, you know, Max Headroom. And that like that's I think I is getting better. Like somehow like Max Headroom is is is, is, is like aging like a fine wine. Um, anyway, a uh, couple other people. Uh, I didn't recognize Jesse Merlin, who plays another big character there. William Keller, which is uh, the uh, uh, Helen Keller's um, brother. Um, he's like the that's his whole thing is like if you you could just refer to the character as gay brother. Like mm-hmm. and he's he constantly talking about how gay he is and doing gay jokes, stuff like that. He has some really, really funny jokes. And like they do the oh, hey, I'm gay and it's funny to be gay in like the early 20s, early like to be a flamboyantly out gay man in the early 20th century. And and that's what he is like. He's like kind of a a modern, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, snappy queen, but in the early 20th century. Right. Um, in log cabin times. That's not. <laughs> yeah. But that's not even the funniest thing about him. The funniest thing about him is how much of an asshole he is. Yeah. How much of just like a lazy asshole he is. <laughs> he like makes his blind. He's like, I'm so hungover. Go get me. Another. She's like literally deaf, dumb and blind. Um. Anyway, he, he funny character too. Got a lot of good lines. Um, anyway, I'll go through this a little quicker. But there's just so many people. Jim O'Hare, like my uh, uh, Kate, uh, my wife, she is obsessed with uh, Parks and Rec. Like she's mm-hmm. watched the whole series a hundred times. You will immediately know him as as uh, Jerry slash Gary Gergich from Parks and Rec. Um, but he's been in a bunch of stuff like Bad Times at El Royale. Like he, I mean, he's he's a, a real super well known actor, um, and would have been in 2015 too. You know, yeah. um, he, he would have been immediately recognizable in 2015 too. Um, Richard, Ro- uh, I think it's real, probably. Yeah, he's immediately recognizable for most people from Office Space, and he's in a lot of iconic scenes. Really, you think about it. So he's he's most remember from office space as the the guy that invented the jump to conclusions matt right <laughs> uh, the guy who who uh who you know he was in the he's a really sad character because he he's like he he tries to kill himself but his wife catches him because he hates his office job so much he tries to like you know breathe exhaust in the garage type situation his wife catches him he becomes startled and then like in that moment gets a new lease on life decides not to kill himself backs out of the driveway and gets t-boned by like a drunk driver or something and then wins this enormous settlement and he's so happy but he's like horribly injured but he's just like my dreams came true you know because he you know because he doesn't have to work anymore so it's like this weird tragic character but then he invents the jump to conclusions Matt. Yeah. anyway also really famous really famous scene getting threatened uh, by uh, 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 oh my God, uh, Joe Pesci in Casino, um, as well. So and and he he's been he, he has four hundred and thirty acting credits. 
Yeah. Um, one, one, one movie else I'll throw out of his that I like is, is a movie that's actually not terribly dissimilar from this and actually has a lot of big name, like not big name, but quite recognizable people in it called chiller theater. I think it's called chiller, chiller cinema, actually Chillerama. I knew I was going to get to it eventually. Chillerama, which is a, it's an anthology silly horror, horror comedy anthology. Right, right, right. But it gets pretty wacky. And they're very, very committed to it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, that's a that's a good uh, it's a good film because uh, it also has um, Joe Lynch is one of the directors on that film. He directs a segment in that. Mm. Uh, doesn't Richard Real play kind of the uh, the the projectionist, He's like the theater operator? Yeah, the projectionist. Yeah, projectionist. Yeah. yeah, I like that one. The one I wanted to point out uh, was Edie Patterson because she mm. she plays Peters in all of these St. James Street James films. And yeah, 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 yeah. She looked pretty familiar, but I I, I couldn't place her. So she was in uh she was in Vice Principles and she was uh she's currently in The Righteous Gemstones. She Oh, okay. She's the sister. She's like the sister in Righteous Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It's just it's just so funny that like this is where she kind of got her start is like playing like this weird subservient you know subservient you know uh made to the saint james street james character and she's just like yeah. this weird ditz it's 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 a funny character and she pops off the screen mm-hmm. honestly like and she for as little as you actually see her when she's on screen um she she kind of steals like she's she's whatever that quality you have where you're like your eyes are just drawn to her yeah um she's definitely ha- has that she's she she's very funny um, and she's obviously she's fucking I I haven't even watched the righteous, righteous gemstones and I feel like I could quote like four lines from her at least <laughs> of like really funny lines that she delivers um, about like, some scene I watched a clip a clip that just came up on social media of her talking about how she like jerked this guy off against his will in her office and stuff yeah it's just like oh my god this show's fucking wild she is really funny yeah she she is a nutcase on that show it's. I mean, she's also yeah. great on Vice Principles, so I mean, it, it, yeah. it makes sense. Is Vice Principles who's in Vice? Is Vice Principles the one with Patton Oswalt? No, that that's the one. No, 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 no. The Vice Principles was the show that was also by like Danny McBride and Walton Goggins. Yeah, I'm getting that mixed up with like AP AP Chem or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Anyway, any anybody else that we want to call out here? Like I said, a, a heck of a cast. Um, and I, and, and, and the whole time I, I was like, I started watching this, knew nothing about it. Didn't know anything about the director. Just, just jumped into it. And I'm seeing all these people. And I'm like, whose kid just graduated from USC? Like <laughs> who, who's, who, whose kid is this? You know what I mean? Like whose yeah. dad made a bunch of phone calls for him? Um, because it's, it's kind of wild how many people are in this, but I, I don't know. I mean, do you have any insight into like how we got so many recognizable people? I mean, I'm not saying it's like. You know Denzel Washington in here, but there there's some there's tons of recognizable people and really talented people. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's pretty much all just the built goodwill from the previous two films, because I think almost everybody who appears in this film appeared in one or the other of the two previous films, like Alana Ubach, uh, Barry Boswick, and um, Lynn Shay were all in FDR. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. trying to think. I'm trying to think if there's anybody specifically from Pole Boy other than Edie Patterson. 
uh, maybe Jim yeah. O'Hare was in that as well. So like, it's just built goodwill mm-hmm. of doing those two films. And then he called in favors to do this one. Uh, one more person I wanted to point out and maybe we'll move on, <laughs> but <laughs> is, uh, well, like I said, there's, there's jokes to talk about, but there's not much of a story. Yeah, there's, really not, there's, there's not much, there's no real meat on the bone of this film. It's just like doing the same yeah. joke for five minutes and then moving on. But, uh, uh, yeah. Christine Lakin, she is, she's one of the granddaughters on the couch with Lynn Shay, and oh okay yeah yeah you might not recognize her right away but she was Al on Step by Step which was an early crush oh no shit <laughs> my god everyone's early crush right? yeah it was her and Alex Mack from the secret world of Alex Mack like you know I'm just over the moon yeah she okay would never have made that connection but now I see it um but uh, yeah, step by step was like my favorite TGIF show, maybe aside from um, uh, uh, Home Improvement, and it was a hundred percent because of her. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, every twelve-year-old, eleven-year-old, ten-year, whatever, uh, you know, boy just just wants a cute girl. He doesn't know why, but he also wants to play baseball. So he wants a little tomboy, <laughs> cute tomboy girlfriend. Like that's 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 secretly what every 10, 11 year old boy wants. Um, yeah. Anyway, the older um, sisters were so, too much. They were too advanced for us at that age. <laughs> oh, yes. Terrifying. Terrifying. But if it's like, oh, that's kind of like um, a, a friend I can shoot hoops with, but also she's pretty and I kind of want to kiss her. Right. Like that, that's, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. The, the TGIF people knew that. They got it all figured out. Um, anyway, so let, let's get into this movie a little bit. Like I said, we're mostly talking about like the jokes and gags and stuff like that. I did get a kick out of the little intro at the beginning where it's like, you know, they try to set it up like it's the 70s exploitation promo and it's like, love, adventure, fucking it's just going it's like coming at the screen so he did get get me giggling right off the bat with all that um and the whole bit about having written a a romance novel for dudes um where it's just like you know an action movie but has romance in it and it's just like he's such a like you know one singular brained guy that he's just like no that this is like he doesn't see it for what it is yeah um Although that's kind of a funny gag. It is a real book, though. So like. Oh, is it really a real book? Yeah, it is a real book. And then he also wrote another one. And it's like, well, I I mean, I haven't read either of them, but it's like, like you're just saying, like, it's a singular brain type thing. It's like, how much of this is him actually not knowing, you know, like he he doesn't. He's just kind of a sick that all the movies that he's referencing were already this. Yeah. This is just a more heavy handed version of that. Yeah. I guess, you know, having not read the not having read the books, I'm, I'm making some huge speculations here. But um, the intro song like over the the intro credits that are that are happening here, it, it's this like hair metal, hair metal ballad type of thing. Um, and and I just wrote down the line. It was talking about something that'll happen to you until you shit your own dick out. <laughs> and it's like, you got like that, that, that is really a summation of every, almost every joke in the movie. Right. <laughs> it's just like over the top, 
you know, crass uh, humor. I mean, like I said, there's some there's some more clever stuff than that. But I just wrote that down. I was like, yeah, like looking back, that's that's pretty close to what we're getting here. So, yeah, this I mean, this is so this is we should say very comedy first. And I would put this if you haven't picked up on it already, very much so in the in the same area of the cosmos as like philosopher or oh, something yeah. like that right mm-hmm. this is not a so bad it's good horror movie right this is not a wow this is wild i can't believe this is happening on screen like this isn't spookies no this is philosopher this is or 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 thanks killing right this is a hundred percent self-aware and really just using Anything that resembles horror uh, is just used for comic effect. Like there, there's no this is not a horror movie, right? This is 100 percent a comedy movie with some fake blood and guts mm-hmm. on, on, on screen used as as like carrot top style props. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the one time you get so. intestines on on screen is like it's for a joke because it's Helen Keller filling yeah. around on the ground, feeling her father's intestines going what is this sausage sausages sausage <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the, the so there are these red-eyed wolves that they call night wolves that there are roving packs of that kill people and they are entirely stock photos stock images mm-hmm. um even st- like static images spliced onto the screen and animated over top of 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 the uh, 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 of the of the scenes and or just stuffed like taxidermied wolves just placed in positions <laughs> like those are the three things that I would say constitute all of the wolves. Well, also, there are there's a couple just stuffed dog toys like they're not even wolves. They're oh, just yeah, dogs. Just- yeah they're just dogs yeah um and and all of these like things coming apart at the seams that you would expect from uh like in 2015 even i would have thought like this was (laughs) in 2015 i guess i would have liked this movie more because that this this was a bit more of a novelty but there's so many of these now Mm -hmm. of these like self-aware comedies to size disguises horror movies disguises schlocky horror movies um it, it's kind of i don't know they, they don't really interest me that much anymore to be honest with you right like there's too much there's too much funny that is not intentionally funny and is like so this there's too much so bad it's good out there right to, to really um that, get a lot out of this in my mind but but there are some funny jokes i'll yeah. say so like as a horror fan i'll say yeah so like pool boy is very much the like kind of the because that movie's from 2011 so it again this movie is kind of recycling a lot of that self-awareness we're purposely making bad film filmmaking type of stuff Mm -hmm. is in pool boy and it makes more sense um but Mm -hmm. then this movie is a repeated joke of that so it feels diluted and then that's also why I didn't really like Velocipaster because it, it it felt like retread ground that I've seen so many times yeah. before. I was like, ugh. There's there's one joke, one or two jokes in Velocipaster I really laugh at, and one of them is mm-hmm. the uh, the missing media. Like there's a scene where a car blows up and it's just a 
it's a blank Adobe <laughs> Premiere screen that says missing media and then the missing media flies away. And I was like, that's funny. Yeah. I haven't seen that specific yeah. joke. But then the rest of it is just like, uh, like I've seen so much of this already. Like, stop being self-aware. Just admit that you don't have the budget and just do your best with the budget you have. It, it feels like, uh, hey, we want to make a schlocky horror movie, but like it feels like that kid who's like, I really like uh, like I, 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 I like something but I'm too self-conscious to admit that I like it. Mm -hmm. So I'll pretend that I only like it for a joke. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, and it's just like, all right, it's just kind of eye rolly a little bit. So like, again, I'm not trying to judge it by this was 2015. There wasn't as many of those out now, but I swear like now it's like, you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a movie that feels exactly like this. Mm -hmm. Long story short, Helen Keller's uh, uh, whole family get, get slaughtered by night wolves. And then she's attacked and left uh, deaf, dumb, and blind. And that's how Helen Helen Keller, the historical character, <laughs> assumedly became deaf, dumb, and blind. Helen uh, Keller, the, the funniest part of this bit, or the funniest bit in, in this scene, rather, is her mom uh, dropping the logs. She's ca- <laughs> she's she's collecting log like logs to, for the fire to make dinner. And the night wolves are about, and everyone's like, hey, come inside, there's night wolves. And she's just comically dropping logs over and over, and she'll pick up like one and drop it again, and and at, like it, it at first it was like oh okay it's kind of slapsticky, and then she just kept kept doing it, um, which they do a lot of that in this movie, yeah. and this is one of the times it worked, perhaps because it was the first one early, yeah, <laughs> and you hadn't you hadn't you hadn't gotten it twenty times by now, yeah, it feels like the, the this Ron whatever his fucking name is the director writer he saw that episode of Family Guy where Peter falls and scrapes his knee yeah, and just goes, uh, like he saw that episode and was like, I'm going to make a whole movie. And that's the, joke. yeah, that's the funniest fucking <laughs> thing I've ever that. seen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, kills his whole family besides her who she's rendered deaf, down and blind. And, and I'll say her and also, um, uh, a- Annie Sullivan, who's played by, um, uh, uh, Elena Ubach. Um, she gets attacked too, and she's blind, but she's not deaf. Uh, so you know, so she, she can speak and, and hear. Um, but she's rendered blind as well, and she plays you know the equivalent of the real life character, Ann Sullivan. The other one who survives is the gay brother, who's like <laughs> just like an alcoholic, like degenerate as well. Which is which is the funniest part about him. He's he and he's always drinking. <laughs> What they very deliberately refer to as alcoholic root beer. Yeah. And it's literally not your father's root beer. Like if anybody remembers, like if you've been of drinking age for a significant amount of time, there was this enormous. uh, 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 I mean, phenomena in the beverage industry of alcoholic, specifically root beer in the form of not your father's root beer. It was like incredibly popular for two seconds. Stores couldn't keep it on the shelves. Every big, you know, uh, beverage producer then decided to do their own version of an alcoholic soda. But then quickly, everybody realized that like, oh, my God, these are each like 350 calories and they have like (laughs) so much sugar and it's unbelievable. And like if I'm going to drink 12 of these and get hammered, I should probably drink something else. So like they were very short lived. But for a second, they were they were the hot shit on the streets. And 
in this movie, they're literally drinking the brand, not your father's root beer, like label out labels label out. out like they <laughs> yeah so i wonder if it was like they either i mean they obviously got the okay but i wonder if they literally got some sort of uh you know deal cut <laughs> with not your father's root beer like yeah, I, because it's it's kind of wild how prominently it's featured yeah i have no idea and i'm like i'm half curious because like i said so he fell into the crowd with this black rifle coffee company and they're, I mean, they appear in this film at one point. They're the Scagnetti brothers. Which which ones are the? Oh, in the in the diner. Yeah, in the diner. They're just like the shitheads making jokes yeah. at the diner. Um, yeah, yeah. So I like I was wondering if like they, if that's what those guys did before Black Rifle Coffee. Like, did they have? Did they were they also invested in like this? Not your father's root beer shit before that. Mm. So I don't. Could have. I don't know. Could have been because they're they're. It, it seems so deliberate, but they do so many other things very deliberately mm-hmm. for seemingly no reason in here as well. So after the attack leaves them, you know, leaves her deaf, dumb and blind. She she stumbles. She's not dumb. I, should, I keep saying dumb. She's she can speak. She's deaf and blind, right. which uh, Helen Keller could not speak in real life. So that's that's a difference here. She can speak. She just can't hear or see. And Ann Sullivan can can only not see. But this is not really that pertinent to the, the it's pertinent to jokes, but it comes and goes because there's times where she can very clearly hear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is like, again, played for played for a gag. Uh, but she stumbles back in the house. And this was a fairly funny bit for me, at least. She stumbles in and she's feeling around. And like this is I we should also say like this, aside from just you know, being this like schlock, you know, based on these kind of exploitation schlocky horror movies. She also like this is heavily based on um, the what, what's the freaking book and then the movie. I forgot to write it down. The Miracle Worker. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so so the book and then the, f- the people know the film, um, The Miracle Worker, which is about the life of um, Helen Keller and and her teacher Ann Sullivan and 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 just the incredible like credible perseverance and, and you know um incredible act of will to to kind of learn how to communicate uh on helen keller and ann Sullivan's behalf so um the idea is uh this is a little bit based on that movie which i'm actually surprised they didn't do the the water they didn't do any bit with water yeah do you remember in the movie i remember having to watch it in school you know and she has that th- th- where she has the breakthrough with helen um, and she gets her to to sign like, sign the word water. Right. And that's like that's um, the first they word. Didn't make, that's the they word. didn't make that joke. No. I was like, have you guys literally never seen the movie or read the book <laughs> or done any type of like research on the topic that you're doing? Because she kind of does in the sense that she goes into the cabin and she's feeling around and all this stuff. And she's and the joke is she's knocking everything over everything like just like kicking it over not ripping every single little pot and pan off the wall but then she walks past and it a a, a fully stacked up jenga game <laughs> like that's like stacked almost to the roof and then she goes and knocks everything else over and she's feeling around then she slowly walks up and very deliberately pulls one like incredibly precise jenga tile out um which uh, i thought was kind of a fun gag well the the thing that they do like when it is funny in this movie that they do well is they they don't necessarily 
they don't go to the most obvious thing. Like, what's the gag? Oh, oh, obviously, here's the setup. Here's what the gag's going to be. They will take it. Instead of going from A to B, they will oftentimes go A to C, which is, like, fine. That's, like, I I do give them credit for doing that a little bit because a lot of these movies, especially with this type of sensibility, like, thinking of your, uh, you know, your scary movies, uh, if you will, you know, your kind of other, like, horror type of things like that. Most of those ones are, are straight up A to B. You know what I mean? And the only thing that really makes it funny is just like really talented people on screen. At least in this, they do uh, sometimes do the A to C um, or just completely irreverent non sequiturs. That's a big thing they do in this movie as well. So like they come in the house, they're obviously all injured, all bloody, all this stuff. And then they're like, where were you to, to, to the brother? And he's just like, I was drinking alcoholic root beer in the outhouse, you know, and he's all tanked. <laughs> And then Helen is like, there's a full turkey on the table, like a full cooked turkey. And Helen starts eating it before he comes in. And his like, they're all scratched up and bloody and can't see and panicking and all this stuff. And he's just like, did you eat one of my turkey legs? Like he's outraged that they (laughs) ate turkey legs, which is a pretty funny bit. Yeah. I, I also like later when they're at when they're all seated around the table eating dinner and like she's asking for food and he's like, I'm still eating. <laughs> Just the way. Yes. It's like it's a moderately funny setup, but it's his line delivery yeah. that makes it funny. Yeah. And he's and he's just like he's always talking about like literally they were just rendered, you know, deaf and blind and and. Uh, all these horrible things happened to him. The family was just murdered. You know, parents were just murdered, all this stuff. And he's just like, I'm so hungover. He's just being like a whiny bitch about everything. It's 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 pretty funny. Also, like when they're going into town, he thinks everyone is looking at him because he's gay, not because his sisters have their eyes scratched out. Right. (laughs) Which is kind of a funny bit. Like he's so self-absorbed that, that he's just like, what are you looking at me? Cause I'm gay. And then meanwhile, his like sisters are like covered in blood. Um, the, the the town is just in modern day, right? Which is weird. Like they live out in a cabin in the, you know, early 20th century in like, you know, 1918 or something. And then they go into town and it's just, the modern day like people might be wearing flannels and 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 jeans but then there's like gatorade on the shelf behind yeah them. like it's 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 pretty thrown together it's, it's, it's just that weird anachronistic you know like thrown together we didn't have a proper costuming department because they have mm-hmm. some they most of the women in the diner scene are in petticoats and shit like that then there's just like one dude who's in shorts and flip-flops uh <laughs> then all the other guys are wearing flannel. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's still supposed to be, you know, the, the, the early 1900s or, you know, late 1800s. And then uh, mm-hmm. the, the stock footage that they use as an establishing shot is like from a burger joint from the 1950s. Like it's a 1950s diner. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's like a car hop type yeah. of place. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't make any fucking sense at all. Um, I mean, the joke is that the filmmakers are so just incoherently stupid that they they just threw this together. lazy, poor um, or didn't care <laughs> yeah. or lazy. Yeah. Or just like so overly confident that they don't realize how stupid all their decisions are. 
anyway, we meet, uh, we, we then meet Jonathan. So they go into town. There's this whole thing where like everyone at the diner is making fun of them, like relentlessly making fun of them, saying Helen Keller jokes, you know, so it's this big juxtaposition. The, the funny part is when Helen is walking around and she's like, <laughs> she's injured, but she's so hungry. So everywhere she goes, she's like looking for food and she's like, do I smell pie? Is it is that pie? And she's just walking around, knocking over everything, assaulting everyone, injuring people, just searching for pie. And it goes on for so long that it becomes not funny. But for the first like minute, it's happening when she's going around going pie, pie, not pie, not pie, pie, not pie. <laughs> like as she touches things, it's it, it, like I said, it's funny for a second. They just kind of go too long with it. Like that's the joke is stretching everything out. They do a scene right before this where you meet uh, Barry Boswick's character whose name's Jonathan. And he's just this like uh, kind of drifter guy whose family was murdered by night wolves. So he knows all the lore of night wolves and he knows how to beat the night wolves, but he's like a broken man. Cause it's, you know, it's this like, you know, uh, uh interloper type of, uh, type of, um, you know, character. There's a, there's a little that shows up in town. Yeah, There's a little bit of quint in this character, especially in his, in- yeah, yeah. A little yeah, bit, especially in his introduction, because his introduction is like, you don't see him in the, in the scene, but then out of nowhere, you just hear, I and everybody turns to look, <laughs> you know, just like Quint scratching the, you know, the chalkboard, everybody turns to look and Barry yeah. Boswick has a mouthful yeah. of apple and he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this, this is the thing I really do appreciate about this movie is everyone really with very few exceptions and and especially Barry Barry Boswick they are bought in a thousand percent and they're really leaning in to to the to the physical comedy and the silliness and and like they're not nothing's tongue-in-cheek it's all just very earnest silliness which which I appreciate um there's there's like a line (laughs) when he's he's talking about uh I forget even who he's talking to, but he's like, it's Jonathan. It's Barry Boswick's character. He's like, you're going to have to tell your wife there's a new dish on the earth. <laughs> Cause he's like, Oh, he's talking about the, the Maybe it's the sheriff, but he's talking about going to the diner before they go to the diner. He's like, you're going to have to tell him that there's a new dish on the menu and it smells like shit. Yeah. <laughs> he just like holds it for a super long time. <laughs> It's it, it, I mean, that's what you're getting here. Like, it's funny, but it's just that it's that gag a lot of times. But I feel like you said how, like, you know, he's obviously watched Family Guy. That's also Ross mm-hmm. picked up the wire and just like <laughs> <laughs> he saw the character Clay on the wire, who is yeah. always just like, shit. <laughs> he's like, that's hilarious, too. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it's I mean, there's not a lot that you haven't seen before in this movie, but just seeing it in this context makes it funny. There's a lot of non sequitur stuff. Like there's a weird, like what is supposed to be set up as like, I think like a something, some like one, like, like a couple frames of like a geisha girl is like randomly spliced into the movie in a set at a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just these little weird non sequitur things. Um, I will tell you a joke that I did just kind of blurt laugh out loud at that, that just, it just caught me off guard. 
and it's so stupid and I'm almost embarrassed how, how, how hard it made me laugh, but it's Barry Boswick, which he cracks me up. Right, it's yeah. funny, right? And, and, uh, they were like, when he comes up and he's introducing himself and he's talking about his wife and his, his kids were murdered by, by night wolves. And uh, he's like, you know, he's this grizzled old, you know, guy. And they're like, uh, and, and, <laughs> and the, the, the gay brother who later on is, is constantly hitting on him is like, all right, well, thanks for this, you know, pep talk, you old fuck. We got, we got to get to town. So if you'll get out of here, you, you know, you hobo. And he's got like, literally has a stick and bindle and he's like, get out of here. You, you know, you blah, 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 you old hobo or whatever. And Jonathan, Jonathan Barry Boswick goes, no hobo. <laughs> <laughs> That's really it's, quick. It's so quick and stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's so dumb and i was just like i don't know why they just i just kind of blurt laughed just i, I just against i laughed against my will right. um but it, it did crack me up and then there's another one where they're trying to get rid of him this whole scene's pretty funny when they introduce barry waswick because he just comes out of the fucking woods or whatever but they um they're they're uh they're trying to get rid of him and helen goes what this gives this whole tirade about, you know, leave us alone, whatever. And then just goes, hit the bricks, fuck stick. <laughs> <laughs> just a great insight. Just such a great dismissive. No, no, no. It's not. It's not her. It's it's the brother. It's the brother that goes, hit the bricks, fuck stick. Um, just a great line delivery. Um, so, yeah, uh, he knows about the night wolves and all that stuff. Um, he sits down and, and smokes weed out of an apple with with the brother um, as well. And this is one of the parts that's just like it's just filler. Literally, they sat down like probably, you know, two of the funnier people in the movie, which is the brother and Barry Boswick. And they just just kind of did bits back and forth at each other for about five minutes. Mm. That, uh, that's the whole scene. Yeah. Um, one of them that I wrote down, which I again laughed involuntarily at because it, it's not clever it's just it, it just is silly and made me laugh he's like uh you know that sucks man like your family's been killed what have you been up to he's like hey, i'm just making furniture it's pretty much all i do i make furniture and he's like yeah if you could do anything in the world you know i forget i'm paraphrasing if you could do anything in the world you know what would you do and he's like I'd like to open my own furniture store someday and they're like oh yeah what would you name it and he's like i it would be my full name, Jonathan Ikea Furniture. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the gag is obviously the joke would have been his last name's Ikea. But in this instance, he delivers. I don't even know if this is in the script, but he delivers the line as if his full name is Jonathan Ikea Furniture, um, which is just dumb. Again, that's it, it, I might be giving them too much credit, but that was like one of those kind of A to C moments mm-hmm. where I was like, you 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 go you just shoot past the joke you know what I right. mean and go to something else stupid. I feel like that's probably a joke where like in the script it's written as Jonathan IKEA, but then Barry Boswick is yeah. like, hmm, let me try it this way, and then just gives it the full. I agree. It feels like it was punched up because then they do do a follow up joke about, oh you know, him coming up with the idea, the brother coming up with the idea of like, why don't you make them put it together? And it'll be 800 pieces and it'll destroy relationships and all this stuff. And you're like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Like now, now this is the most hackneyed bit I've ever heard in my life. But the Jonathan Ikea furniture was, was the highlight of that whole scene. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is like these are fucking Simpsons bits here. Like the 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 <laughs> the boldness of the just like we're we're not even going to make it seem like somebody would do this to make a movie. Anne Sullivan, she's like goes and almost steps on a rake. She's blind, of course. She almost steps on a rake, but then instead steps to the side and onto a slip and slide like a full on tarp yeah. that is just going down the hill and just slides down into like the mouth of a waiting night wolf <laughs> like I, I i actually it was just it was just silly enough for me to like make note of it but i wouldn't call it funny right. i would just call it silly like it, like, <laughs> like i didn't laugh at it but i was like ah oh, that's yeah silly. like i mean it could it could have been funnier but also you've you've seen so many bits like that in other like police squad and you know airplane and stuff of like they're going to lead yeah. you, you know, it's again, it's leading you A to B, but they swerve to C and fall down the slip and slide. But like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It, it could have been filmed funnier. This was hard because it's hard to even tell because it's dark out. So like, it's hard to even tell mm-hmm. like what she fell down. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Well, and here's the best. Honestly, this might be the best gag in the movie. And like, even though that was kind of a lame gag, at least it served to set this one up. This is the one I I thought was the funniest in the movie for whatever reason. Um, They then cut to they have several little interludes where you get back to to St. James Street James in his like, you know, study and with his assistant and all this stuff. And he does little little quick explanations of like why he did this and why he didn't do that. So it's almost like a, you know, in the actor studio type of thing or, you know, behind the scenes, whatever. And uh and he explains that the real actress in the movie, which is to say the fake actress on the fake set of the fake movie within a movie kind of thing, really lost her leg via a wolf attack during that movie, yes. during that scene. She was actually killed. <laughs> and that she was actually killed. And he goes, I know. This is a genuinely funny line. I know it looked like a fake wolf, but it was actually a real wolf painted to look like a fake wolf. It's so so stupid. The idea of someone getting murdered on a movie set by accident by a real wolf that was painted to look like a fake wolf. (laughs) Painted to look like a fake wolf is just, that's the whole guy. It just, it sounded it sounded like a like a a, a Conan O'Brien era Simpsons mm-hmm. gag, so that, I think that's really why it just it just stuck with me. Um, or it yeah, uh, I know it looked like a fake wolf, but it was actually a real wolf painted to look <laughs> look like a fake wolf. That was the best gag in the movie to me. I I I genuinely laughed out loud at that. Yeah, I mean it's just such a series of pre- preposterous things leading up to that. With mm-hmm. just like the the, mm-hmm. the weird physical comedy, and then she dies, and like while she's dying, she's uttering like goofy lines, and then we got to cut that off to yeah. inform you that actress is actually dead, and here's why she's <laughs> dead. So like yeah, it's it's it was almost Monty Python ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a good bit of just building preposterousness. So yeah. Hmm. Um. So uh, honestly, that was the not only was that the peak of the movie for me, that was kind of the like i 
lost interest completely after that. Like the movie after that just could have it could have ended there and I would have been happier. Like the last like 20 to 30 minutes is like pretty boring. I thought mm-hmm. there's a couple of OK scenes, but long story short, it's it's this whole like hero's journey thing. Helen's goes and yells at everybody in the diner and tells the sheriff he's a he's a piece of shit and that she's gonna have to destroy the night wolves and save the town even though they're a bunch of assholes and making fun of her for being blind so she has this like big training montage the only other one of the only other bits really in the last like i said half almost the last half of the movie if not certainly the last third of the movie was when she wipes shit all over Jonathan's face. Yeah. When she's tracking the night wolves and she's like, I found them, smell this. And she just wipes it all over his face. He's like, ah, <laughs> night wolf shit. <laughs> it's odorless. That's how I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I, I honestly got the feeling he maybe was just, just ad-libbing some of that. Um, he feel, like but he- the joke then goes on to, he found it, she found it, in an outhouse. So the joke was that she found human shit and had just wiped it on his face. And she's blind. She didn't realize she wiped on his face and he's okay with it. And then the joke is she's saying it's night wolf shit, but she keeps saying things that would suggest that it's people. shit. So that's the joke. That's the A to the B. But I firmly believe Barry Boswick is punching this up because he's suggesting that the things that would make it be human shit actually reinforces why it's night right. wolf shit. It's odorless. And it's, yeah. So <laughs> then he's like, I found it in an outhouse. And she and he's like, ah, oh, that means they've they've taught themselves to use outhouses. That means they're getting stronger. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like a magazine. There's a magazine, and he's like <laughs> It means they're close. They've they've been reading this magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Once they finish the magazine, that means they're about 24 hours away or whatever. Like, that's why I say it feels like he was just improving that. I'm not really sure uh, if he was, but that that was that was a good Z. I will say, like, you know, I I just said the rest of the movie's trash, but that that was pretty funny. I mean, I'll say I'll say Um, when he dies as well is also pretty funny. Because again, it's just it's, yeah, yeah, it's it just right. him. It, I mean, we're just saying Barry Boswick's funny, which is like duh. That, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. like when he's dying, he's on the ground getting attacked by two taxidermied wolves, and he's just like he's just yeah. spouting these lines of like for such a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long time of him just rattling off like why he's handsome, <laughs> but he's like, but I'm not too too handsome. Like I'm still in pretty good shape, but like you know, like a, a real. <laughs> Kind of grizzled, good-looking shape, but like people would respect me for looking this good <laughs> at my age. Right. She's like, yeah, he's just, kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's like he he really is. Like I said, there's some funny people in this, but like especially the second half of the movie, like he has he's the only reason to keep watching at this point. But um, there, there's a scene that like speaking of the 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 Peter Griffin scraping his knee scene, yeah. That they literally do that scene almost like I almost mm-hmm. forgot until I saw this in the notes, but they do this this big build up before she goes on her hero's quest. She's trained, she's strong, she's tracked the bad guys. Now she's gonna now she's gonna fuck Barry Boswick, and so there's this whole thing about the scene where they're about to fuck, and she's doing this whole seductive thing where she's like, "Follow me to the bedroom," blah blah blah. And she's being very um seductive but also like fairly um 
uh, how do I put it? Like kind of elegant in, in, in her movement, like graceful in her movements. And then she turns and just walks straight into the wall and falls down. And they do the whole like, but she's just going, oh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Oh, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And, she, and it goes on for like 90 yeah. seconds. Like, it's just way too long. And it's not funny. No, because it, it's because it, you saw you saw it coming because it's literally the uh, she's literally just doing not Peter Griffin, but the grape stomping lady from YouTube that we like. We all remember that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, when she falls out of the yeah. thing. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. That is exactly what she's doing. I didn't even I didn't even make that connection. Yeah. She's she's doing um, that exact dialogue it, of like, yeah. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Stop, 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 stop. Oh, stop, stop. That's what she keeps saying. Stop, stop. Like someone who just got the wind knocked out of them really right. badly. Like that's what she's doing. But then she does this like, ah, I'm just he's like, are you OK? Doesn't know what to do. And like Barry Boswick, you could tell he knew the scene wasn't funny. So he was trying, but he was like, didn't know how hard to lean in. He's like, are you okay? Uh, Should I do something? And then she's like, "Ah, I'm just fucking with you, dude. And it's like, uh, I don't know. That that was that was when when I was just kind of done with the movie. Like, "Ah, this has got to be over. Yeah, it's so unfunny because like it's something we already recognize from, you know, real life. And we recognize it from family guy and then there's not a good resolution after like, cause she just stands up and says, I'm just fucking with you. So you just literally just wasted everybody's time for 45 seconds or whatever. However long that scene goes, it's just like, ugh, enough. <laughs> you could tell like she wanted that scene to work really bad and it just didn't work. And they kept it in that it, it should have, it should have been, should have been cut out. Um, there's like kind of funny, like they didn't really execute it great, but there was a there was a bit where they're getting ready to fuck and then it cuts and it's because there's all these fog machines and it doesn't it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Mm-mm. And I think they could have made this a lot funnier because it's a funny idea is like all of a sudden they're they're getting ready to fuck and he's like, get on, you know. All right, you can pretend I'm anyone in the world because, you know, cause she's deaf and, and blind and you can pretend I'm anyone while we make love or whatever. And the funny thing would have been if like, you know, she you think she's going to like pretend he's the fucking hamburglar or something weird. You know <laughs> what I mean? But then all of a sudden just people come in with smoke machines and just like kind of smoke them out. And they're like, what the fuck? Get out of here. And, you know, it's like somebody from the again, fourth wall breaking kind of thing where the you know, stagehands come in or the effects people come in and, they, and they've like used too much smoke. But then it cuts to a a law firm commercial. Yeah. And then the law firm, it, like the commercial's not funny. It's just like a, a, a parody of a cheaply made local law firm commercial. But then the St. James Street James comes on and, and, and goes to explain that... Um, he made all this money off of a a lawsuit with that (laughs) lawyer because someone crashed into like, he got in a accident and someone destroyed his fog machines, his fog machine collection or something. And I, I, is that, that's gotta be a callback from a previous movie or something, right? Like that's kind of how I do it. It might be a callback to pool boy. But I feel like it's not. I don't remember it. 
because it's just so like you said it doesn't make sense the way it plays out because they have because you had fog machines now you're saying you lost your fog machines and that's why you had to splice in a commercial for a loss a law law firm over top yeah because you didn't have a sex scene and he makes this big point to say like well this is the only movie i didn't have a sex scene in so i replaced it with a law firm commercial for this law firm that won this big case for me because somebody destroyed my fog machines yeah it, it, it doesn't yeah i don't know uh, the joke doesn't work whatever it is like i i get you had some idea of something but it just doesn't work in the end the only thing that works yeah, yeah. is Edie patterson again in the scene as peters just doing goofy shit behind him <laughs> like <laughs> yeah 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 she's just being silly. yeah she's being silly so you just focus on that and go ah <laughs> she was funny <laughs> Yeah, she's just being doing silly stuff. Funny, like hot shots type scene where the sword that was like, you know, uh, uh, Barry Boswick, like, you know, crafter a sword to fight the the night wolves with. And it says natural born Keller mm-hmm. on it. It's like uh, it's a long way to go for that bit. But OK, it's it's funny. Um, the funny part, like you said, is not only <laughs> Barry Boswick laying on the ground, just talking about like his insecurities about his appearance and stuff <laughs> while getting eaten by night wolves. But the fact that it happens immediately in like five right. seconds, like not even two seconds, like they're like, here's the showdown. We've been building up to it. And, and, and he's like, ah, no oh, shit. And he's getting eaten. He's like, Oh, that was quick. Like I didn't expect to get killed so yeah. quick. <laughs> like really, really fast. Like there was no epic battle. It's just like this, this badass epic badass gets, taken out in like literally the first second the after that the fight scene is just like it's not funny it's uh it's just her like just an insanely stupid fight scene fighting off stuffed animals and 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 little you know kind of clipped static images of 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 wolves and and just like a bunch of non sequitur jokes like just kind of plugged in of her just like screaming non sequiturs and things and then the sheriff shows up and kills a night wolf and they're all dead and then they go back to the diner and he makes her a sheriff too and and it's just like i'm like jesus christ how much is long in this movie because it's just all it, it's just not, none of it's funny there's this this whole scene that's just a mess at the end which they were trying to make it just like a you know i, I took it as it was like a yeah monty python style like life of brian like split sprint to the finish type of ending where there's just chaos happening because everyone in the in the diner is like laughing and then they're like dancing and it's just it, it, yeah. it's it's just not not landing and i'm like god damn this movie like it's got to be over right and then it cuts to just a still image in dedication of Dale Earnhardt, <laughs> 1955 to, or whatever, 1945 to 2001 or whatever. And, I, and then it got me again at the end. I was like mad that I laughed because I was like the last 15 minutes of the movie. I'm like, God, when is this going to be over? And then in memory of Dale Earnhardt. And I laughed because that is like a really common joke that my brother and I do all the time is just to dedicate everything to Dale Earnhardt <laughs> and put up a th- put up a three like the the like three fingers. Yeah. Anytime anybody you know people like you know do the like Sammy Sosa like you know kiss the plus you know p- piece right, up yeah. you know kind of thing or or like you know do you know do the cross sign of the cross or whatever. 
um, to like remember, so, you know, remember something sad or tragic that happened. <laughs> My brother and I, for for two decades, every single time somebody does something like that, we always go, we always just look up and hold on number three to Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> And it's just the thing that we do. And then and then we say some dumb like we go, hell yeah, dude, if you ain't rubbing, you ain't racing. We just say something stupid about Dale praise Earnhardt hell, praise or Dale. something derogatory about <laughs> <laughs> raise hell, praise Dale. Yeah, we've done that one recently. Or the other one uh, we like to do is is say something derogatory about Jeff Gordon. Oh, OK. <laughs> because so this goes back. This is a complete non sequitur. I think you'll appreciate it. Nobody at home will. But Steve, you might. Yeah, sure. Um, so. My family, my my mom's side of the family, were huge NASCAR fans okay. growing up, and they're like, listen, no no d- disrespect, they're my family, but they're like, they're pretty hardcore rednecks, okay, and they are diehard NASCAR fans, and specifically diehard Dale Earnhardt fans. And when Dale Earnhardt died, it was like I remember my cousin who's my age, like he didn't go to school for a week. Oh wow, like, they were devastated. And literally, my uncle named one of his kids Dale after <laughs> Dale when Dale and yeah. died. Like that's some that's some real shit. You know what I mean? And is his so, middle like, name we, Junior? <laughs> no, no, because this was before Dale Junior was the shit. This is when Dale Dale Junior was just starting. Yeah. Now they're then they were Dale Junior fans, and then I don't even know if they do anymore. But like they race stock cars, literally. Oh, okay. Like this is like a thing they do. They do as well. So like they're really into like racing culture and all this stuff. But we would always so this was just a joke we would always do about like the piece up to, you know, if you ain't rubbing, you ain't racing, you know, raise hail, praise Dale kind of stuff. And so that just as a non sequitur, just and, and, and just like Dale Earnhardt memes, we're constantly sending each other, you know, it's a great day to kill God and all this stuff. But <laughs> Dale Earnhardt standing on top of the number three car. And um, so it, 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 that just non sequitur just really hit home for me on a personal level. Yeah. So I like blurt laughed out loud at uh, in memory of Taylor because, of course, it means no fucking sense talking about Alan Keller and Night Wolves and all of a sudden in memory of Taylor. Right. Yeah. <laughs> or like that. Me. I just sent. I literally just sent a meme to my brother the other day or and my other friend, Adam, like we send memes to each other and stuff all the time where it's just like it's a picture of Dale Earnhardt making a mean face. And it's like. Hey, can you just let like it's like when when someone suggests you should let your niece win one round of Mario Kart. <laughs> it's just like Dale Earnhardt making a mean face. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh man. So and that's fucking it, guys. That 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 was the movie. It is it's bonkers, and it's bonkers in a it's a it's bonkers in a in a they care way. Like it's not made without care you know what i mean which i appreciate it's slapped together but it's very uh it's slapped together with a lot of love and care i'll say so i do appreciate it for that Mm -hmm. they really wanted this to be funny they really got funny people they had some good bits the writing is mediocre with a few you know shining parts but most of it is that you know they got they got some really talented people to deliver the bits and, and make them work. Yeah. I mean, we, we mentioned how like Alana has like good physical acting. And one of the, Mm -hmm. one of the ones that always catches me is just like when the night wolves first attack, she does a Mm -hmm. full lean back and then huge step to exit stage left to get off, (laughs) get off camera. It's the funniest fucking thing. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, and that's it. Like, I feel like we didn't talk about her a lot um, because she doesn't have a lot of like I'm remembering now going through my notes. She's she doesn't actually have a lot of good lines. She has a lot of good physical bits. Yeah. Um, like or, or just like little nods and stuff like that. She she's like she's like I said, she's got such good like physicality and like physical comedy skills that like after somebody makes a joke that is like medium funny to not funny and they'll cut over to her and she'll just kind of like do some like affirmative head gesture right and a, and a wacky face and it's funny right you know what i mean yeah there's like like one of the funnier bits and it's it's funny because it's so quick that you can miss it is like there's a scene where they're all at the dinner table and she just imparts like some wisdom or delivers a line or something and then she drinks a candle she drinks a lit candle and like doesn't acknowledge it <laughs> yeah. at all but it's like because she's blind well, and she it, picks not up only a, is it lit candle it's one it's one of those fucking battery powered well candles, yeah yeah too. yeah like we're supposed to believe that it's a like a real candle or something but it is all just battery powered like halloween decoration candles <laughs> yeah and, and i do think that like honestly that's why i think that most of the funny parts of this movie were were probably improvised or or punched up mm -hmm. by the performers like yeah. on set because you could tell they had just like carte blanche to do whatever the fuck they yeah. wanted. And I mean not not to bag on her too much, but like the as characters die off and you're left more and more with uh what's her name? Jesse Wilson or Jesse Wiseman. Je yeah. Right? Wiseman. Yeah, Wiseman. Yeah. The more you're left with Helen Keller played by Jesse Wiseman the the less funny the movie is because she, mm -hmm. like she just doesn't have it like she doesn't have no she's she's a fine protagonist to just move the story forward mm -hmm. but all the funny parts are everybody else i mean she does a couple like i said the jenga bit and stuff like she does a pretty good job with physicality but like yeah she's not uh a comedic performer on the same level as as some of these other people yeah which is why she only appears in ross patterson films so like, right yeah yep 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 yep. yeah like i don't want to bag like, on her too much but like yeah she is like it's once it becomes hinged on her you're just kind of like Ugh, all right <laughs> there's a pretty significant gap that you can tell in like experience and, and comic mm -hmm. um in any case uh would i suggest it nah sure uh if you're you're in a silly mood and you, you, you get some of that, some of that devil's cabbage, some of that, some of that jazz cabbage and you roll yourself up a joint and, and, uh, and you want to watch something silly, uh, and fall asleep halfway through boy, howdy, this is a great movie to do that on. Um, but yeah, it absolutely worth it for like a few of the, a few of the bits that we've suggested. Um, but we also did just spoil them for you. So whatever, <laughs> yeah. but that was your fault. You listened to the podcast, you dumbass, dummy. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice job. Dummy. You ruined you ruined this YouTube only movie for for yourself. Yeah. Um, but no, it is it, like I said, I, I I I enjoyed it up until about the last twenty minutes, and then it became a little bit of a slog. But yeah, I will I'll say I wouldn't suggest it simply because his previous films are so much better. Uh, I'll yeah. I'll say like definitely go watch FDR American Badass because it's all mm -hmm. Barry Boswick and Lin Shay because Lin Shay plays Eleanor Roosevelt. So it's okay. the two of them back and forth and the plot is, you know, it's World War Two, except for Hitler and Hirohito and Mussolini are all werewolves. So, 
Okay. I, listen, I'm on board. I'm on board for that. I'll, I'll go watch that. And and that does sound. Uh, you have more experience with this yeah. guy, so if you're going to watch that, go go watch that on on Tubi. That's probably a better better use of your time. Okie dokie, guys. That's it. That's Helen Keller uh, versus Night Wolves. Um, reminder: Keep an eye out this week on the social medias. Go follow us on Instagram so you get the stories. Go go follow us on on the Twitter. Uh, so you see that uh, poll when it comes up because we need your help voting on that February showdown episode. Um, again, reminder, Stephen King adaptations, musical horror it doesn't have to be a musical. It could just be a music themed about a band, about a musician, whatever, um, or just broadly best novel adaptations. So uh, interested to see if we get one of them literary topics this time around. Um if you also have suggestions for any of those three, or perhaps even after the voting has completed, if you uh, if you have some suggestions for us on the topic that won and say, hey, you might not have thought about this movie. Check it out. Uh, please let us know because we're always looking to, 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 to figure out what, what the, uh, the competitive advantage we might get out there from from a movie that we might not be thinking about. So uh cool steve anything else you forget about tune in next week because we'll be making up our december punishment with house two. Oh yeah that'll be fun uh old friend brandon brandon gets from the uh uh that, that was on our our december showdown episode and repeat repeat guest old friend um he gave us uh a show and episode he's going to join us to mm-hmm. talk about his punishment uh episode um so we we, we get a little bit of a uh of a, of a gap there so we can give Brandon a break from us and then he's going to come back and he's uh, been kind enough to come talk to us about house two. Um, and I got very excited uh, on the last episode. Uh, it took me a moment because when somebody said house two, I heard house two <laughs> and I got really excited and I thought it was going to be about uh, house two, but no, it's house two, which is also fun. And, yeah. and, and listen, anybody with, when, when you start talking cheers cast members, uh I'm, I'm i'm on board um i haven't seen house two in a while i remember it's pretty bonkers and there's a lot of um wacky puppets popping out of closets <laughs> like that as i recall um so that should be fun to talk about okay oh, yeah anything else we should talk about here no nah, man that's it we did good that that's it that's the podcast all right um, well, that being said, like I said, check us out on the social medias and also I didn't mention at the top of the show, but if you want to go on to your podcatcher app, you want to be, you know, just be a dude, be a, be a pal about it. Go rate us on, uh, on, on Apple podcasts or, or on Spotify or whatever. Give us five stars and write a little, uh, Hey, uh, this is a cool podcast. And if you do that and you send me a DM or Steve, a DM and say, Hey, I reviewed your show. You guys are all right. Uh, I'll send you some fucking stickers in the mail. If you got a place to to put a sticker, right? You're, you're looking at a you're looking at a a boombox, right? You're looking at you're looking at a desk. You're looking at a at a cooler. You're looking at a uh, your 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 infant child's forehead, and you say, uh, "Boy, howdy! I would like to have a little pumpkin sticker on there." Uh, hit us up. Uh, do do us a review. I'll send you some stickers. All right. That being said, uh, for the Halloween's Forever crew, I'm Brian. And I'm Tony Stewart. No, you're not. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you ain't rubbing, you ain't racing. Bye. Bye. That's Dale Earnhardt descending into hell only to rise again on the third day. <laughs> <laughs> <It's a little> <laughs>